When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now, here are three guys who put the fine in fine woodworking. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, what's happening, everybody? It's show number 511 on today's show. We're talking about micro bevels, cross-cut sleds versus miter gauges, veneer glue that won't kill you, I think, and how much work to do on used tools. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler is giving away a new product each month to one lucky Wood Talk listener. This month, they're giving away a set of their award-winning Dustrite FlexiPort hose kits, This prize includes both their fixed and expandable hose options, allowing you to connect your shop vac or dust collection system to nearly any size portable power tool port. This prize is valued at over $100. Enter for your chance to win before October 1st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. Wow, Mark. Way to make it through an ad without screwing it up. I'm on fire. Ah. That means I will be able to do this without screwing up. Good luck. If you want to help support the show, you can do so. You can go to patreon.com slash woodtalk and sign up to become a patron of the show. This episode, we're thanking Andrew Wilkerson, Nathan Calvert, and Joseph Pisarich. All right. Easy. Piece of rich. Piece of rich. You want a piece of rich? Piece of rich. I think it's a piece of rich. Joseph, piece of rich. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, thank you and sorry about that, or Joseph. Pizza uh, rich. We do appreciate your support, everybody. Okay, well, um, we actually have a week be- between recordings here, which doesn't usually happen for us. Anything you guys want to add, like regarding what's in, going on in the shops? Any, anything new since last time? Just go right I, into I have feedback. a. And I have a commentary on when I post stuff on Instagram about stuff I'm working on in the shop and everyone wants me to do what I'm not going to do. Okay. Why use power how, tools? It starts, how it starts to get a little militant. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. I just, I posted an image. I, I talked about the, the big slab I was working on in the last episode and <clears throat> I needed to put a really big, like one inch by one inch chamfer. So there's a 
sizable amount of material to remove there. So I grabbed a draw knife and kind of quickly hogged it off. And I was like, oh, you know, that kind of hand hewed look looks kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm going to take it off. It, it, frankly, it just won't match. Like it's way too contemporary. It's a steel base on this desk. It's just no that and it's on the bottom. So what does it really matter what it looks like? But I started saying, no, I'm going to go ahead and plane it flat. And people are like, no, that's wrong. No, <laughs> I, I disagree. Like people telling me that's a really bad mistake and don't do that. And I just, I just love it when you kind of, I didn't really throw it out there. Like, Ooh, should I leave this or should I keep it? It was kind of like, huh, I kind of like the look of this yeah. thought about leaving it, but no, I'm going this direction. And people are like, you fool, <laughs> what are you doing? It just reminds me of when I first saw the the image of Matt's serpentine desk or <laughs> desktop yeah. and I thought he was going one way, but what I bit my tongue. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think so. One of the things that um, I think happens with social media, and this is part of what we love about it, is the fact that we have this conversation with people. Um, but even if you're showing something that's like, hey, look what I did, you're not even asking for opinions. You're going to get opinions. Like that's right. just the nature of the beast for better or for worse. So that's the thing that's funny is like something like that. You weren't even asking for anyone's thoughts on it with regard to like, should you or shouldn't you? But you're going to get those opinions. Yeah. And and to be fair, I, I, I agree with you. I like I welcome that. It's just so funny. Like I find myself like justifying why I'm going in that direction. And I'm like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I don't need to justify, justify myself. <laughs> do you know what's funny though? That is something that I do very strategically. If, if there is something I'm not a hundred percent sure about, I may actually post it for that very reason, because the act of justifying it may prove to me that this was a good idea or <laughs> reveal that it wasn't a good idea because everybody else is right. Um, so I actually am very careful about that, but I rely on people to kind of set me in the right direction sometimes because <laughs> they will. Good policy. Yeah. No you, you can count on that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Nice. Uh, quick announcement. Uh, yeah, this will still be on by the time this is published. Uh, Philip Morley has a bar stool that was just released in the guild. Uh, Matt, do you remember the Wood Whisperer Guild? The who what now? <laughs> remember that? Remember uh, when you used to do projects for that? Oh, it's only a year ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while. Um, so he has a pre-order project. It's a beautiful bar stool. If you guys haven't seen this thing, it's absolutely fantastic. In fact, Nicole wants a couple. And because it's my job to proofread plans, one of the best ways for me to do that is to actually build it and walk through it in the way that other people will. Um, so I'm going to be a student of my own product at this point now, uh, being a guild project. So uh, that'll be pretty cool. But this releases in October, I believe, if not the first of October, something like that. Uh, and all the project videos will drop on that day. You'll have everything you need to do it. And uh, you can get a pretty huge discount right now. So go to thewoodwhispererguild.com. And it's on the top left of the project shopping page there. Look for the, the Morley Barstool and get in on it. Regular price is 80 bucks. It's uh, on sale for 50 during the pre-order. Nice. So when you finish building, yeah. are you going to go leave a testimonial on your own site? Heck yeah, I will. I'll be like, you know, videography was great, but, uh, you know, Philip's accent gets a little annoying after 10 minutes. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Philip is the best. And uh, this was this is a special um, series, too. Uh, Todd is really flexing his videography skills and showing me how bad the rest of my stuff is. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I look at that and like, I want that. Can, <laughs> can I? Can you come to my shop and we do that? Because that's great. The way you move that camera. Pretty sweet. Move it. Move it, baby. Okay. Move it. Uh, what else? We got Shane here 
little bit of kickback, uh, or actually this is kind of a question. Shane sent in a YouTube link asking if this is Matt Vanderlist doing the voiceover for a Miles Craft Panther router. Uh, okay, so let's see. I got a clip. Is this Vanderlist? To attach the pivot mounts and stylus to the frame, start by threading the stop nuts onto the support bolts. Next, thread the support bolts into the two rear elbow assemblies until they protrude about a half inch below the elbows. Yeah, nobody says support bolts <laughs> just, better than that. Or stop nuts. <sighs> or stop nuts. Vanderlist has good stop nuts pronunciation. He really does. He gives good stop nuts. He, um, I remember he talked about this on the show uh, while we were doing Wood Talk. There, that least is a couple of episodes where we discussed this. Yeah. Uh, that he had a gig with, um, oh, what is it? With Miles, Miles Craft. And he did several, I, I believe, several voiceovers for some of their products. So yeah, that that is definitely good old Matt Vanderlist. Just just Guesting makes me smile. Makes, makes me like want to pull up Spoken Wood episodes and listen to them, you know, yeah. while I'm out on long bike rides. Yep. Makes me want to go like that. And, and makes me want to buy more router bits. <laughs> And just to state this publicly before before people start writing in and criticizing me, I actually don't listen to audio while I'm on a bike ride. It's, it's dangerous. Don't do that. Can't you use oh. like the pass through audio or just go with one earbud? No. Come on, it gets lonely. No. Can't you just you know use a stationary bike and not worry about? Well, yeah, it? yeah. If, you got if, if I if I'm indoors <laughs> on the trainer, yes, I listen. Heck, I, I watch Netflix <laughs> when I do that. But no, when yeah. you're out on the road, no, no earphones. That's that's. What if bad. you're on a trail? <laughs> What's the point? Like, why do you get out into nature if you're just gonna like crank the tunes or? Because <laughs> nature's to dumb. <laughs> nature's dumb and you need to listen to the latest star trek podcast it's very uh, see i'm sensing like three years into the future margaret's going to do her little guess the host and the quote is going to be nature's dumb <laughs> nature's dumb <laughs> can already see it right now i can see the facebook post right now it's great oh i love it well look i mean nature's great but isn't it better with something else it's like <laughs> this dinner is good why would i want a beer with that nature's well because good. the beer makes it better <laughs> it's good but better with dropkick murphy's <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> right on. Well, anyway we've got some more kickback here from andy um i don't remember what episode this was but we talked about how important elbow room was in the shop so Andy says his friend has a 1700 square foot shop that is jam packed with metal and woodworking tools, but with no room to move. So he came up with five shop, fundamental shop rules. So first of all, Andy listed like everything that was in the shop and it, yeah. it was probably like 3000 characters alone just in that section of it. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, 1700 square feet. Yeah. Like there's most commercial shops don't have half this stuff. So anyway, here are the five rules, fundamental shop rules. Number one. Clean, free space is king. <clears throat> I might change it to elbow room is king. Hey, hey we're influencers, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, rule number two, 20% <laughs> of your tools do 80% of the work. Focus on them. Rule number three, build to easily modify. Rule number four, first order of retrievability. This is an Adam Savage quote. Um, so if you don't know what we're talking about there, look up <laughs> Adam Savage and first order of retrievability. I'm assuming that has to do with like being able to find stuff easily. I'm not sure. Matt and I talked about this at one point, I think pre-show when we were looking yeah. at this list and I'm like, I don't know what that is. And then he doesn't explain it later. He says, just go watch the Adam Savage video. Go watch the Adam Savage like, but video. I, but we're like, this kind of sounds like one of those things that you put a name on that everyone already does. Like maybe hybrid woodworking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> oh, you mean the things I use the most should be near the top? Got it. Yeah. But I don't know. Is that what it is? That's what I would I'm think. Guessing. And I mean, uh, yeah. considering we came to that conclusion independently of one another, let's just go with that. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay. and then the fifth rule, I like this one. Poll. It's supposed to be fun. Whoa. There we go. We're going to bleep that, aren't we? Well, you know, we, we, we have a couple explicits on, on the show over the years, so it's time for another one. Okay. Anyway, he says, I hope those rules help others. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, the, the, the key part here is Andy who sent this in. He is an ACE hardware store owner. So got to patronize wow. those small <laughs> hardware stores. Love, love me some ACE true value. So thank you, Andy, for sending that in. You know, ACE carries a surprisingly good selection of like big green egg supplies. You're right. They do. Did you guys know that? <clears throat> yeah. Mine local has like a whole barbecue wing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they got a lot of barbecue stuff in, uh, charcoal and, uh, probably wood chunks. But I never go there. Why do I never go there? Same reason you never go to Rockland, You don't go anywhere. I don't go anywhere. I generally just don't leave the house, so that might explain it. I think it's accurate. Yeah. All right. Well, Ace is the place, so they say. Uh, All right. (laughs) That's great. We got got Margaret's uh, Instagram report here. (laughs) Shannon, do you want to take this? Because I think she pulled this into the notes. Why not? So Margaret... Uh, will occasionally write us and say, here are some questions from Instagram. You know, she, she collates them and curates them and drops them in her inbox because she knows that we'll never see them otherwise. So um, she says, this is from Margaret. This is Margaret speaking. Um, I would do a Margaret voice, but that might offend her. So I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't know what she sounds like. Exactly. Don't do that. Um, You need to remind the fans (laughs) that finishing rags are not something to joke about. Oh wait, you already did. Yet they're still joking. So apparently people are making jokes about spontaneous combustion. It's not a joke, folks. (gasps) Things burn. Um, She also says we're really close to hitting 7,000 fans on Instagram. Only one away as of this email. Just if you care. (laughs) Well, 7,000. At least someone's watching. And then she did include several questions, um, but she had her own question. And I figured it's the least we can do is answer Margaret's question. So she says, I noticed when I'm working with my wooden birch laminate kneading needles, kneading needles, knitting. What? Kneading needles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is going to go well. It's going to go very well. Yeah. Oh, Oh, my wooden knitting needles. You can listen to me too much. Wow. I didn't know that was going to be a tongue twister. It didn't look like a tongue twister. Good job. Good job. Um, My wooden knitting needles that they seem to be a bit sticky when I use them when the temperature is on the hot side. If they're finished, like I'm assuming they are, is this the finish reacting to the heat? If so, will I strip the finish using them when it's hot? Also, to bring this to three questions in a row, does this happen with furniture projects as well? So there we go. Margaret's hot kneading nettles. That's going to be our show title right there. Kneading nettles. Um, so, yeah, I would assume that that they are finished. The ones that I've seen, you know, in 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 the, all those knitting stores that I go to. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> all those knitting stores. <laughs> the ones I've seen over the years. The ones that my mother-in-law has, they they usually have some sort of shiny varnishy type finish. I'd be willing to bet they have a wax-based finish just because that will allow them to slip through the yarn easier. He's <laughs> <laughs> very confident. Right I, I know. I'm speaking from <laughs> no authority whatsoever on this, but I also just yeah. think in terms of like a quick finish, just to you know wipe down with wax is probably the the best way to do it. It's also uh, pretty renewable in that instance. So as you're as you're kneading along, Margaret, <clears throat> at high speed, you're generating a lot of friction and heat. So the solution is either slow down 
Um, that the pearl of wisdom <laughs> for you there is to knit mm-hmm. slower um, to reduce the amount of friction. But rather than hold you back, yes, um, more than likely you're activating the the wax finish a little bit and it's getting a little bit tacky. The fact that it's already hot, um, you know, when you're doing this, you're just the temperature's already the ambient temperature's already high. So I I mean, I guess you could strip the finish. Again, depends on like, you know, if you start to see smoke, slow down. Um, but um speed knitting. At, at the same time, if you do strip the finish, it's not really something you need to worry about. Get yourself some paste wax um and you can always reapply it. In fact, you might find that it it uh speeds up your knitting because now you have hyper waxed needles and they will work better. <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs> great answer go with that. Um, does this happen with furniture so wonder, projects as well um i don't really think so like it would have to get really hot the 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 catalyst in this action is the friction created from the actual knitting and maybe that super coarse yarn you're using or something i don't know i i, I can't see that my of course i don't use a lot of furniture wax do you guys Mm-mm. to me that's not no, like a no. durable that's finish. for power tools yeah yeah that's right that's what i that's for metal surfaces uh, you know, the thing is, even if it's not a wax finish, um, I feel like anything that gets handled as much as knitting needles probably do uh, is going to have your sweat on it and, you know, grease from your hands and whatever dirt that might be on your hands. Margaret doesn't uh, sweat. Over the course she of time. That's right. Of course she does. Uh, I feel like over time that could, no matter what the finish is, result in something that kind of becomes a little bit of a, a sticky finish. Mm, good point. Um, on the surface, just by usage, no matter what. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I'd be interested to see if she tries different things. If one responds better than another, that would be uh, neat to hear about. In which case, you might actually want to strip the finish, you know, and reapply yeah. some wax, you know, to to make them less tacky. Sure. And I think that's one thing with furniture. Think about furniture that does, uh, you know, whatever, like maybe a chair seat or something. And a lot of people sit on it wearing shorts, you know, <laughs> Ooh, butt sweat. It might yeah. get a little, it might Red get a little gummy. on it. Yeah. yeah. Dirty, sweaty butts on there. Oh. <laughs> it's the worst kind of, oh, worst kind of tacky, butt sweat tacky. Yeah. Hey, you guys know whose butt doesn't sweat? Mm. Well Yours? done. <laughs> well, <laughs> well played. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rockler, of course. Uh, you know, Rockler's got a great lumber selection, especially in specific stores, including the Denver store. Uh, visit a Rockler store or Rockler.com you know? for all of your lumber needs. Huh? What's that? How would you know? Hey, how would you even know? Yeah. I've, I've heard the rumors and I get the emails. Mm. I get the emails. I'm on the, I'm on the mailing list. Doy. Must be nice. Yeah. Rockler has uh, dramatically expanded their assortment of quality hardwoods, exotics, live edge slabs, turning lumber, and Baltic birch in most stores. From Paduk to cherry to walnut and more, you're sure to find what you need for your next project. If you're not by a store, check out their website for domestic and exotic lumber, plywood, veneer, dowel rods, live edge slabs, and more that can ship directly to your house. Their expert retail associates and product support team can provide expert assistance if you have a question about your lumber purchase. Visit rockler.com to view the inventory for a store near you, uh, or you can shop online. So yeah, great stuff. I mean, they've always had wood and wood materials, but it sounds like they are really kicking that stuff up a notch. I will have to check it I out. I have to check out the online I think uh, John went there and he told me, he said, uh, he said <laughs> they have more, he comes back, he said they have more wood. Go, all right. They cool. have more wood. Good story. Cool. Good story. <laughs> Get back to work. Punk. Good story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 
We'll see how that goes. I'll get back there. Uh, let's get to our questions, Matt. You can oh, go first. Oh, okay. This is from Instagram with his own name. Okay. We don't know who this is from, but it's from Instagram. Uh, when buying used, it's probably from Margaret. When buying used equipment, how far do you get into it? Just clean it and go take it apart a little or strip the sucker down to the bare bones. Thanks for thanks again for not quitting and go Rockler. Go Rockler. I think this is very dependent on what you're buying. Like if you bought a used table saw that was stored outside in a field for the last 15 years, probably going to want to strip the sucker down to his bare bones. But I don't know See, what's left doing that kind of thing. you strip it down. <laughs> it's a quarter inch thick uh, table saw top. It's no big deal. <laughs> a little pitted. <laughs> I think with most of like the woodworking stuff, though, there isn't really a need to really tear it down so much. I think we can kind of talk a little bit about like things to look at if you're taking a look at um, buying used equipment. And it's, a lot of it's like, let's, uh, let's just stick with like a table saw example, I guess. A, a lot of it is just giving it kind of a run through and seeing how things operate and kind of move. So all those moving parts, seeing how they're they're kind of going. You try that with the lift mechanism, the tilt mechanism, see how those kind of move. If they, they feel like they're doing pretty well, you can take a look and see how clean they actually are. If they are, you know, binding or something because they're dirty, well, it's a pretty easy thing to kind of fix. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest thing on the table saw is probably going to be the arbor bearings. So for those, you can take a listen as it's running. If it sounds like like really weird and noisy, uh, it's probably the arbor bearings that are going. Uh, a big thing, I think, for any sort of uh, equipment you're buying used is to actually use them under under um, under load. So actually try and cut something with them to see how they perform when they're actually, you know, being used. Because <laughs> you can turn job. a table saw on, it sounds pretty good, but then you try and throw some wood through it and you're like, well, this isn't actually cut very well. Or I can stall this motor with this piece of four quarter. Now then something else is probably wrong. Hmm. Good point. I wonder how much of this is also like personality based um, in the sense of I got something new, I want it to be mine. So now I need to like refresh it as much as possible. So this you know, is now my new thing that I could be proud of. I have that problem with like things that are not woodworking stuff, like things that will get greasy or like actually dirty. Yeah. Um, but for like wood stuff, like you just hit it with some compressed air and that's usually good enough. <laughs> I think like if I would buy like a used barbecue or something like that, I would clean the crap out of that. Yeah. That first. one. Yeah. Cause then there's other people's like food dirt on there <laughs> that you got to clean <laughs> off. But like that, you know, that feeling of like you totally refreshed it. It's as almost as you know new as it could be. Maybe even like I've seen people completely change the paint job on other used tools, but unify them with a new paint uh, just to make it like very clear that this is this is their new tool. <laughs> I can get behind that. That's pretty I cool. I can say I have not done that for any of my wood stuff. Well, you're just not inventive enough. Matt just slaps a Cremona <laughs> head sticker on it and calls it done. Yeah, done. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> Easy. Okay. Done. Uh, I got one here from Chris. He says, my wife loves to read the labels on everything and steers me away from the products uh, whose safe handling directions basically read known to cause cancer. Well, don't buy anything from California. <laughs> right. Or in California. Because you'll find that sticker on everything. Uh, looks for a, okay, looking for a glue for bent laminations and veneers that my wife would be accepting of. Um, so I've got a suggestion here. I think it's probably one of the safest you're going to find that's specifically for this. 
is uh, Unibond One. So if you go to vacupress.com, they're the company that makes it. It is a PVA formulation, water-based, uh, really not going to hurt you. Not a whole lot to it. It's a lot like the same glues that you know we use to assemble uh, standard pieces of furniture. I have used that a number of times on both veneering and bent lamination, and I like the results. I got no complaints whatsoever about it. Hey, puppy, how you doing? <sighs> Apparently it's UPS? time for UPS to come. Exactly. Head at home. <laughs> Something, something's going on there. Ken, we get it. Both of mine are lazy and sleeping right now. <clears throat> so Unibon one is my suggestion. There are other ones you could look at. I think, um, what's the one that uh, Joe Woodworker at Veneer Supplies, what's his stuff called? I think Shannon, you might've used that recently. Oh, shoot. I have Express some Veneer Matt? glue. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I forget the name now. Yeah, Ultra Cat right. is another one that I've used a fair bit. And I think we've gotten to a point now, there's enough of these formulations out there that you don't have to use like Unibond 800, stuff with formaldehyde, um, really nasty stuff. Now, you know, it is a compromise. I think it is. those are better glues. The end result, I think, is a better finished product that probably will last a little bit longer. But these other glues are pretty darn good and it's a good peace of mind. So you could uh, let your wife read that label and uh, it'll probably still say something about cancer. So you won't be able to use it. So don't bother <laughs> right. doing any of this. Oh, you know what? Um, now that I'm thinking about it, that express veneer glue that Joe Woodworker sells, I wouldn't use that mm -hmm. in bent lamination. That's really a veneering glue. Oh, it's, just for veneering. It's huh? stiffer. Um, so, well, I mean, I suppose if you're it, it just it, I don't know that it's really meant for bent lamb. I think it's meant for more veneer. Um, than anything else. I know. Yeah, I generally see them both as kind of very similar things. You want that really rigid glue line. Yeah, good point. Either way. Um, but I don't know specifically about their glue. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Ultra Cat, I see that. Basically, I go think, to Joe Woodworker because he's got all kinds of articles about glue. <laughs> that could really help Well, and I wonder discern. if it's because... Like clearly his thing is veneering. It's, yeah. you know, not so focused on bent laminations or anything like that. Yeah. But I mean, I too have used Unibon one and I used ultra cat. I used ultra cat first because it, you know, that was the first water-based one we came across. This is all at work, not actually in my own shop. Um, mm -hmm. we did bent lamb with, with Ipe, which is actually kind of a pain in the butt to do because it's so oily. Um, and, uh, we just found the Unibon worked better for the exotic stuff. Um, yeah. And I think it's got a slightly longer open time, if I remember correctly, than UltraCat. I don't know. Yeah. They're both water-based, so they're both going to have a, you know, a shorter cure time than than the uh, nasty formaldehyde-based things. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. So you got options there. Hopefully that will help you, Chris. Okay. I got a question here from Matt. Actually, I have two dumb questions from Matt. He said that, not me. Well, yeah. Um, first dumb question. Why would you choose to use a miter gauge versus a commercially made crosscut sled? Help me buy one of those sweet Rockler crosscut sleds. Um, second question. Well, actually, let's discuss the first one first because the second one's totally unrelated. Um, and I, I asked this because I or excuse me. I chose this because who better to talk about crosscut sleds than me? Um, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, I, I specifically brought it up because... Bench appliances, ta table saw appliances, whatever, fixtures, whatever you want to call them. To me, I always want them to be as simple as possible. Like the more moving parts I have on that, the more things that can go wrong, the more things that I have to adjust. 
Um, so if my cut is off, you know, if I'm making uh, a 90 degree with a cross cut or if I'm making 45 degree with a cross cut and the cut is off, that means there's things that I've got to mess with. So nine times out of 10, I like a cross cut sled um, just because it removes some of those variables. You've got that kerf and, you know, you're not you're you're technically you are still moving the wood over the blade, but the wood is fixed up against the fence. Now I'm moving this sled that's riding in slots. The, the miter gauge kind of sort of is the same thing, but you know, you don't have that platform that it rides on. You don't have that thin curve capability and all that stuff. It just kind of gives you a level of, um, uh, repeated, not repeatability, consistency, um, over mm-hmm. just putting the miter, uh, miter gauge right on there. Certainly a heck of a lot more support, um, than, uh, just working straight with the miter gauge. Any thoughts on, from you guys, from people who use table saws? <laughs> <laughs> Actual users. I think uh, you get a little more versatility with a miter gauge, things that you might not be able to do with a sled. Uh, if you look at the Rockler design and, and many of them, um, the angle can be, you know, the left side can move forward, pivoting from the you know back right. So you can get the full range of angles that way. But what about pulling it back toward you? It only goes so far before it hits a stop and then you're stuck. Uh. So most miter gauges can go, you know, in both directions. And sometimes that's really advantageous, just depending on what kind of angles you're cutting, what the shape of the work pieces is um, or are. It's probably going to be easier to go on the other side of 90 instead of trying to, you know, maneuver your work piece so that it stays at that same angle but gets cut properly. So, I mean, it's not going to come up all the time, but it's definitely something I think that you get a little more versatility, but I personally, I maintain both. There are times right. where if I can just do it with the miter gauge and be done with it, it's lighter, it's faster, it's easier to put on the table and put back. My sled is a whole big honking thing and I got <laughs> like, I got to lift it and I got to put it on the saw. It's a whole thing. You got to honk it. I tend to think, of, honk I tend to think of the miter sled, like a crosscut sled more when you have like a lot of repeatability needs. Like I'm batching yeah. out a bunch of parts, you know, cause then you can clamp stop box in place. But I guess the real answer is they're not exclusive of one another. Like it's not a matter of choosing, do I use a miter gauge or a crosscut sled? Yeah. Like each Tons of them of re- is going to have like reasons of re- both. There's lots of redundancy, certainly. And depending on what he does, he may not be able to justify having both, but I personally, I enjoy having both and I use them both. Yeah. Agreed. Um, his second question is when touching up a micro bevel on an edge tool, do I use the highest grit or I run through them all? Then he's got this little aside in here, which made me laugh. Is it Mark? Remember when you cut that special Italian meat in half on your bandsaw and you immediately regretted it? That was awesome. <laughs> I do remember that. That was a uh, pork roll. In fact, mm, pork roll and a uh, little meat dust on your tools is not a good thing. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Another is reason that why you, you want to clean all your used tools. Yeah, yeah exactly. this, this is why, this is why you clean other people's barbecues. Who knows what, uh, what meat they were cutting on their bandsaw. What kind that of meat is dust. correct. Yeah. You never know. It's very true. <laughs> man. Okay, Matt. Well, I, I actually, I don't believe in micro bevels anymore. Um, I used micro bevels for a number of years. And the whole idea is that that micro bevel is meant to speed everything up, you know, because you've got this little bit of steel that you're sharpening, in which case it's a good idea. The problem is that people let the micro bevel go too long and the micro bevel becomes a secondary bevel. You know, suddenly it's an eighth of an inch wide or a quarter of an inch wide, and it's not actually speeding anything up anymore. So the, 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 the real, I guess the, the ideal situation is that micro bevel is something that, you only are really touching with that highest grit. 
Um, the coarser the grit you're using in that micro bevel, the more steel you're wearing away, the, the wider that micro bevel is going to get. The idea is with the micro bevel is to just like stop, be done in like 10 seconds, go back to work. So if you're working up through the grits on the micro bevel, you're kind of missing the point. Moreover, if you wear that tool down, if you get that tool so dull that the finest grit stone you have on the micro bevel is not going to, pardon the pun, cut it for you, then you're you need to be sharpening more often. You know, the, the fastest way to get a sharp edge is to sharpen more often. The more you neglect your blade, the more surgery you have to do later on, which is one of the reasons that I kind of stopped messing with the micro bevel because all it did was encourage me to be lazy. <laughs> and that micro bevel kept getting wider and wider and wider. And I kept spending more and more time sharpening. And eventually you have to essentially reset it, like swipe off that micro bevel, go back to the primary bevel angle and sharpen enough that you erase the micro bevel and then add it back. So I just figured if I have to do that, eventually let's just get rid of the micro bevel in the first place and just rely on the primary bevel and sharpen more often and try to work to the point where it never gets so dull that I have to step down from my 8,000 grit or more importantly in my shop, I just use my strop all the time. So if the edge is really dull, yes, you may have to work from a coarser grit up to a higher grit, but you really shouldn't be waiting that long to do that. That's kind of missing the point of the micro bevel. And you're going freehand all the time, right? Well, that's that's another reason, but I didn't necessarily want to bring that up because that's a whole other ball of wax. But yeah, when you're freehanding well, it, like how do you like the Veritas jig was great for that. The MK2 because it had that little wheel that turned and now you, you've added whatever it was, a degree or two degrees. So you could get repeatability in your micro bevel. Unless you have that, it's not really a repeatable bevel angle. So you're you're winging yeah. it essentially, which is fine. Like, you know, especially freehanding, you know, you just set that micro bevel on and it's good to go. Um, and then when I went back to sharpen again, I would feel the, the primary bevel and I would erase it and then add another micro bevel. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you adding <laughs> that other step? If you're erasing the micro bevel every time, because you can't be certain you're getting the same angle. And, and the, the, downside to that is if you keep missing the angle you keep going steeper and steeper and steeper so now you've got this like rounded over faceted edge that you know it, it, it's not good now you you think you've you've got this suddenly like 50 degree angle on the end of your blade because you keep steepening the angle eventually you have to start over hit the reset button and go back to whatever your primary bevel angle is so yeah it just didn't make sense to keep using it and in my mind it just it it encourages that um, path of destruction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the road to ruin from higher and higher bevel angles. Very nice. Okay. Well, I think that just about Perfect. does it for us. Remember that we are proudly sponsored by Rockler. Family owned since 1954, Rockler is your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com uh, to find a store near you. I want to just mess that up. What's wrong with me? Or use everything. the code WOODTALK, that's all one word, uh, and you could receive free shipping on most orders over $39. And remember, this month, big doings over there. Uh, head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win a set of Dust Right FlexiPort hose kits. Very nice. I wonder mm -hmm. if there's like a, there was a spate of, of support calls at Rockler where people couldn't get the code to work and they were typing wood talk as two words. 
And then they, yeah, they changed sure. the, the ad copy to say one word. Or, or a lot of people. This is why that? we have to do this because you guys keep doing it wrong. Phone was ringing off the hook over Stop there. Stop doing it wrong. Hey, what talk code doesn't work? How dare you people? <laughs> it's one word. <laughs> uh, I'm sure uh, at this point we could probably stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, and then then people will start calling again. Uh, anyway, folks, we do appreciate you sending in questions. So please send them to woodtalkshow.com. Or actually, go to woodtalkshow.com. Fill out the form. Hit send. That's how the questions come in. Or send us an email. You could record a voicemail if you want and email it to woodtalkshow at gmail.com. And I am told, I, last show I mentioned that there is an email us button on Instagram. Margaret did confirm that it does actually go to our Gmail account. She actually did this before she sent it to me. She actually does her homework, guys. Oh. Like she Whoa. thinks things through before she says that. So yeah, another reason to, to thank Margaret for handling the social media with such a plum. Happy we could mm-hmm. answer your questions today, Margaret. Hopefully it answered your question. And always, I'm not sure we actually did. No, probably not. I doubt it. But yeah. And as always, we want to thank Nick Key of Key Woodworks, who does all the audio editing and makes us sound so good. Yeah. Well, thanks, Margaret and Nick. We really appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for thank coming you. back and trying us one last time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.